This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Beautiful day outside. If you're listening to us in Toronto or southern Ontario, it is just gorgeous out there. I hope everybody's getting the same weather across the country. Just perfect. I can't believe we're in the shorts weather already. Zucchino with you. Weeks with you. Scully will be by. Oh, just nearing the end of hour one. And we've got lots to get to today because it's major championship week on the PGA Tour of the World of Golf. The PGA Championship. And I've... Always get pumped, Bob, about the majors. I'm feeling personally a little bit more excited about this PGA Championship than I have about PGA Championships in the last previous years. And part of the reason is I love this golf course. I've had a chance to play it many times. It's an absolute beast. And what the information we're getting, what we're getting this week, this could be the longest championship in major history, we're talking 155 slope, 79.1 rating. I'm really excited about this uh, ocean course in this PGA. Yeah, it's a different ocean course than we saw back in 2012 for sure. And it's a, a course that I think on the scorecard mark is going gonna, is gonna to look, well, it will. It is looking very long. I'm not sure how long it will play because I think it's going to be a little bit hard and fast. We'll see. Um, it's, uh, I, I think... You know, the how the course plays will depend a lot on the winds, a lot on elements. It looks like the weather is going to be good. So it's an intriguing course, I think, and, uh, and we'll learn a little bit more as we hear from some of the players as they come in from their practice rounds this week. Yeah, we're going to learn more. The, you're right, Bob. The forecast, spectacular. The forecast is, uh, like, just absolutely ridiculously solid. We're talking around 80 to 85 degrees every day. We're talking wind gusts in the afternoon between 15 and 20 mile per hour steady wind. Obviously, the gusts will get a little bit higher, but I mean, this is ideal for the ocean course because, I mean, it's always 15 to 20. The question is, you you get to that golf course and you assume, right, Bob, that it's going to be 15 to 20 and you hope you're not getting 40. And I mean, you're never going to see it better than this. No, it's in great shape. It's in... uh... Good. Uh, I mean, it looks great. It's a, it's actually a really good looking golf course for television. When you go out there and you see the ocean, you see the sand, uh, you see. I mean, it's so many kind of cool holes. A lot of the holes look a little bit similar. I will say that it's a true kind of links design where it goes out and comes back. So it's. Um, but I, I think really the elements will will predict a lot in in uh, in who does and who's able to lift the trophy at the end of the week. I'll give you a quick story before we set up the show. So I'm there a few years ago, and I decide, oh, we're, let's go back and play the tips. So I go back, and you know, we're playing it one step off the back. And, I mean, we get to the back nine. We're in the final five or six stretch, and, I I mean, I'm just getting destroyed. I don't, want to, I don't even want to guess the number I'm shooting. Like, I'm, I'm going to fight to break 90 coming home and the wind is flipping and flopping and I'm just holding on for dear life and I guess my my caddy looks at me and he's like can tell how demoralized I am to be out on this golf course he says to me son we had two corn fairy tour players actually at the time it was a um, web.com we had two web.com players here last week 
and neither one broke 80, you have no right to be upset. The thing is, and as you probably experienced, Mark, is that, you know, the course sort of runs east-west, I guess, compared to the ocean, and the wind blows in off the ocean, so you're almost always getting these cross breezes, right, which I think makes it really oh. tough to kind of pick a club, and, and you have to be very brave to pick a line. Very much so. So much history at this golf course. So much uh, Ryder Cup, uh, Rory McIlroy winning by eight shots in 2012. Uh, absolutely love it. We'll do a draft with Adam. We're going to hear from Corey Connors. We're going to do winners weird and what. Uh, we'll take a deeper dive into the PGA Championship. We've got Mr. Butcher $100 gift card giveaway. Jason Deegan, uh, Golf Pass, part of the Golf Channel family, did the first ever top 100 golf destination list. We've always had course lists, golf destination list. But first, let's hit it. News and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. K.H. Lee, first PGA Tour win, and boy, isn't Texas lovely in May, Bob? Didn't that look uh, pretty to watch on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor guy. I mean, he's there. He is trying for his first win. A couple of 63s go into the house. Guys are sitting there waiting. They're all cooled out, and he's got to wait for uh, basically two and a half hours to play the last three holes. Comes out with a bogey, and I'm thinking, oh, this poor guy. The wheels are just going to fly off. And I mean, the course was just saturated before he he went in it was a little better when he came back out but nice nice finish birdies on 17 and 18 to get that first win and he's a uh, he's a guy who's paid his dues you know he played over in japan for four years came over and played on the corn ferry tour and been grinding it out and now he has win number one and a, a little bit of security uh, I had to host one of those uh, virtual programs again this week for for work and spoke to a bunch of players and a lot of them were talking about how long this golf course is and I asked them all what they thought the winning score was going to be this week and I spoke to about seven or eight players and they were all, all somewhere between 15 and 20 under par <laughs> they spoke to Jonas Blix. Jonas Blix said 25 under par would win this golf tournament. he said somewhere between 24 and 25 under par and all the other guys were saying he was insane KH Lee, 25 under par, so Jonas Blicks figured out something around there. But, uh, wow, Sam Burns there again, Bob, 22 under, three off the pace, coming off his first win. Little blip in the middle of the season where he lost his confidence there around the Players' Championship or whatnot. But if you remove those couple starts in a row there where I think he was just getting a little down that, that it hadn't happened yet for him kind of thing, you take those out. This is quite a season for Sam Burns, is it not? He's had the lead after a lot of rounds on this tour so far this year, only once at the end of the four rounds. But uh, I think this guy is the real deal, and I think he's just gaining more and more confidence. But uh, to, you know, to lead after any round on the PGA Tour, there are so many good players out there, and so many guys can shoot one or two really good rounds. And I think Burns is kind of showing that he has the ability to, to, to go into the third and the fourth round. And, and if he doesn't win, he, he's not going to lose. He's going to get beaten by some guy like he did this week with K.H. Lee going, you know, birdie, birdie on the last two holes. And now with a victory under his belt in this consistent play, he's now fifth on the FedEx Cup points list. So if you're wondering yourself who's Sam Burns, you should know by now. This guy's now top five FedEx Cup points list as we head into the major this week. We'll go deeper into leaderboard updates in the world of golf at the end of today's show and a quick snapshot on what the FedEx Cup uh, looks like as we head to the year's second major. Okay, uh, last couple of weeks I was talking about this in Winners Weird and What. I'm like, listen, if Phil was ever going to accept 
ever in his career, a special exemption to a U.S. Open because Phil never wanted to be the guy that got the handout. He said, I, I want to earn my way there, like he's done on most international team competitions his entire career, which he's done with majors his entire career. Not going to make it to the field this year for the U.S. Open, but San Diego, Torrey Pines, if there was a year to, to make an exception to the rule, I was suggesting, Bob, this was the year. And Phil agreed. The quote was, you can't win if you don't play, with a bit of a smirk. Lefty says yes to the U.S. Open in June. Yeah, and I think it's good. I think I think what we're seeing, though, you know, this year especially, I, I feel, is you're kind of seeing Phil now on the downside of the hill, right? Like he's not really contending, or he contends for one round like he did a couple of weeks ago, or... I don't know. I just get this feeling now that that we've seen the best of Phil Mickelson that and there's not going to be any more glory moments. So I think this is in his hometown as much a I hate to say it, but almost as much as a ceremonial uh, appearance for him as it's going to be him. I mean, he won't agree to that. But I think I think the days of Phil Mickelson trying to wrap up this Grand Slam are probably behind us now. Not probably. They are behind us now. I would agree. I would suggest, Bob, that if he plays more than two rounds of golf, it's a victory, a huge one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's going to be, I mean, listen, he knows the golf course. He knows he's going to be basking in the glory of all the fans there. Um, everything is going to be in, in a good sense and a good feel. But I think, I think you're right. I think he's, he's been struggling with his game. He's admitted that lately. He's had some good rounds and he's had, what was the, the deal where he said he was having trouble focusing, keeping his focus through a round of golf. So uh, I don't know. It's, we'll see. Maybe he can, uh, he can pull off some sort of a miracle and at least get to the weekend. All right, Bob, we're going to go to break early because we've got uh, Jason Deegan, uh, Golf Pass Top 100. We've got Corey Connors. Uh, you spoke with Corey regarding, uh, obviously, the PGA Championship. But season today, I believe there was a little Olympic talk in, in that conversation as well. Uh, so we're going to get to that. Before we get to all that, because Hour 2 today is going to be heavy PGA Championship. When we bring in uh, Adam at the end of Hour 1, uh, we'll do our, our typical drafts uh, for majors, winners, wildcards, Europeans, internationals, etc., past champion, uh, and we'll put our teams together for this week at Kiowa Island. And I know some of our listeners out there are playing along. <laughs> They're already poking us on uh, social media to try to beat, beat our picks here, which uh, is not a great achievement, by the way. <laughs> we, we've not been very good, so uh, we, we, are not, uh, we didn't do too well at Augusta. Let's just put it that way. Uh, before we get the break, we know who the betting favorite is. In your mind, Bob, is there a favorite to this golf tournament? Because in my mind, there is not a clear favorite. I, I think you can make an argument for six or seven players and point to them and go, that's your favorite. I, I don't think there is a clear favorite. I don't think anyone right now is standing out above the, uh, the the rest with the way they're playing at this moment. I just think there's a lot of good possibilities. And I think, as we'll show when we pick ours, some pretty intriguing possibilities, too. Yeah, could be all over the map. Looking forward to it. We'll get to hour two. On the other side, Jason Deegan, Golf Pass, top 100 destinations in the world. GolfPass.com will do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino week, Scully PGA week. Before we get into a deep dive on PGA, Kiowa Island, Jason Deegan, old friend of uh, Bob and myself, is one of the uh, travel golf writers for Golf Pass and Golf Channel in America. Uh, they just broke down their first ever top 100 destinations in the world list. And I, I find this interesting. A, I love lists, and B, I love travel. And we've always done top 100 courses. You know, Bob obviously was hugely part of the of the of the score list, and and when it was in its infancy, I'm a member of the uh, Golf Digest panel for the top 100 in America, top 100 in the world list. But from a resort standpoint, selecting the best destinations, and there was a lot into this. It wasn't just golf; it was uh, restaurants and other amenities in the area, and volume of golf. It was quite interesting. I had the opportunity to speak with Jason about the top 100 world destinations. Jay, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. First off, I haven't seen you in years, uh, partly due to the pandemic, the last year and a half uh, or so. Uh, so travel's been a funny one, but I think the last time I saw you in person was uh, when you and I took home the hardware together with another friend of ours uh, in St. Kitts. So good to see your face, and thanks for taking the time to do this with me. Yeah, that was a memorable trip. Boy, we played really well that week, and uh, St. Kitts, you know, didn't make our list, but it's a beautiful island and a wonderful golf destination in itself. Yeah, we had a great time and, and lots of fun. Okay, Golf Pass, golfpass.com. You're one of the senior writers. Uh, you have been covering uh, golf and golf travel for many years. And it's funny because, you know, we're very familiar. I'm a member of the Golf Digest Top 100 list. We have our own lists in Canada. But I love this Golf Pass list because it's a first of a kind. We're talking about the Top 100 destinations and i use quotations because jay some of the the destinations on your list are resorts but they're more geared towards parts of the world for an example number one is saint andrews well saint andrews the village all the golf it means a lot so how did this list come about and how was it assembled what i've been telling people is we're just trying to point you in the direction of the best pockets of golf in the world by that, I mean, you know, there's Kohler in Wisconsin, which is a five-star resort. It has the American Club, four Pete Dye courses. Everybody's heard of it. It'll host the Ryder Cup this fall. But there's so much more great golf around it. There's Aaron Hills nearby within an hour. There's good golf in Milwaukee. So we don't want you to just focus on the Kohler. We want to introduce you to the entire destination. And that's what we've done throughout this list, you know, some of our destinations are entire countries. We point you to South Africa or we point you to France and where you go to play is up to you, but we're just trying to say, Hey, go to these places. There's great golf. There's great entertainment, great dining, great culture. And you'll have an incredible trip. Yeah. I love how you've done this. And I, again, it's the first time you've done it. It's a first of a kind. And to your point, St. Andrews is number one. Pebble beach is number two. Northern Ireland, including Northwest, is number three. So it's a, it's a much bigger region, to your point. Piners, number four. Australia Sandbelt, number five. Now, I've been to these re regions with the ex exception of Australia. But to your point, when you say Piners, I always tell people if they go to Piners and they don't play Tobacco Road, they're missing out if they don't leave the Pinehurst, pro uh, Pinehurst property. So I think you're bang on. Okay, so who voted 
on this list? How was it actually physically assembled? So there's three of us on staff. Uh, you might have met some of our guys with your travels, Brandon Tucker and Tim Gaverich. Between us, we've covered more than 2,000 courses across the world. Uh, I myself personally have, have been to 75 of these destinations. Um, and, and we also have sources throughout the industry. You know, we reached out to people and asked, you know, should, should this be included? Should not? Why, why should we include it? So it's, it's kind of a crowdsourcing type thing, but we feel really confident that we got a great cross-section of the world represented in the list. You really do. That was what I was going to mention, and I'm glad you brought it up because the, my first instinct on this list, which a lot of lists unfortunately uh, tend to, to, to maybe not hit the mark, is they tend to become really American. And I really think this is a global list, and you've done an exceptional job at that. We've already mentioned the top five. And to your point, when you get outside that top 10, it gets even deeper. Uh, Casa de Campo, which is a major sponsor of ours here on Golf Talk Canada, one of my favorite places in the world to go, they're number 12. Myrtle Beach, another big sponsor of ours, number 13. My favorite golf area in the entire world is Southwest Ireland. You've got them at 16. But there's some Canadian content here as well. Uh, Alberta and the Canadian Rockies in 14. And then you've got Cape Breton. Of course, you know, Cabot Links and, and Cliffs are out there. you got them at 19. Uh, but I love the Canadian content and I love the global flair to this list, Jay. Yeah, I mean, we we were very cognizant of we couldn't make this all about America and being American centric. Granted, almost half of the list is in America. But, you know, you look at the other 50, 51 selections that are international. Canada's well represented. You guys are always underrated in terms of a golf destination. I tell my American friends. And then, you know, we've got some interesting surprises in there. You know, Iceland is just an incredible destination that nobody would generally think of for golf. Um, and, you know, we wanted to get South America in there. So the best option there was Argentina. So we really, again, tried to think globally, think about, you know, if I'm European and looking at this list to make sure that they're catered to as well as the American audience. Well, I think you hit a home run with that. I think you're bang on. And, uh, okay, I got to ask this question to you because you're speaking mainly to a Canadian audience uh, at the moment. And you've got the Rockies and Alberta and that part of Canada at 14 and Cape Breton at 19. And from a Canadian perspective, at the moment, I don't think there's a hotter destination in Canada and maybe the eastern seaboard of the entire continent than Cabot Cliffs and Cabot Links. So... How does Alberta land at 14 and Cabot land at 19? Is this five spot difference due to things that are maybe not golf related in Alberta that moves them up the list? I think a little bit of that. Um, you know, there's a few more courses to choose from in the Canadian Rockies. Uh, we also like the history uh, of the Canadian Rockies. You know, and, you know, just the scenery, it's hard to compare mountain scenery with ocean scenery because they're both spectacular. So one person might like one a little better than the other. Um, but I tell people, if you're between 10, within 10 spots of another destination, you could flip a coin. Right. I mean, they're so close together in terms of which would be your favorite one over the other. 
that I would be perfectly comfortable re-releasing this list next year and putting Cabot and Cape Brenton at 14 and the Canadian Rockies at 19. That's how close they are, and that's how good both of them are. Okay, you said it off the top. You've been to actually 75 of these venues, these areas, I should say, on the top 100. So you got to let us know, you know, you know more about this than anybody on the planet. Jay, you're an expert. What are your three favorites? I, you know, I've given you mine. You know where I love to go play. What are your personal three favorites? You know, it's so tough to pick, right? Um, but for me, New Zealand sticks out right out of the gate. Uh, I went in 2013 and just immediately fell in love with the culture and the people and the golf courses are incredible. Uh, you know, just a, just a really amazing global destination. And then you also have to throw South Africa in there just because I never thought I'd get to South Africa in my life. So the fact that I got there and it got to experience, you know, the wine, the culture, the golf, uh, Cape Town is just maybe one of the three best cities in the world. It's just so incredibly scenic and stunning. Um, so that's up there as well. And then I'm like you, I, I'm a huge fan of Ireland. So any of those three Irish destinations that we have in there, you know, the Southwest of Ireland, the, the Northwest and Northern Ireland, and then around Dublin, you can't go wrong with any golf trip. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Jay, because, you know, I've been part of compiling lists and when you do a top 10 or top 50 or top 100, there's always a couple that you struggle with because you want to get them on the list, but you just can't, you can't justify it because get someone on, you need to take somebody off. So the next time you do this list, let's say you do an updated version of this in two years, five years, whatever the game plan is for golf pass, what destination is currently outside the top 100 in your mind that is maybe a golf course away, a couple other amenities away from bumping in and jumping in this list? Something that if we were to have this conversation, let's say five years from now, they might be inside the top 100 and they're not right now. I think a couple of big cities uh, just missed the cut just because it's hard to justify you know, does Toronto have enough golf? You know, it's a great city and there's good golf, but there's a lot of driving involved. There's not really a resort where you can lay your head and, you know, call a home base. Uh, Dallas is another one that kind of just missed the cut. And they, maybe they make it next time with the PGA Frisco, um, you know, development coming online in the next couple of years. Places like Boston and Cape Cod were highly considered. So, you know, there, there, there's always five to 10 other destinations that you feel guilty about leaving out, but uh, maybe next time they squeak in. He is Jason Deegan. It is Golf Pass, golfpass.com. It is the top 100 destinations, first time ever. I encourage everybody to go to golfpass.com and check this out because it's a great resource. And, you know, eventually we'll start hitting the road again and the world's going to open up and we're going to be traveling. Follow Jason on Twitter at World Golfer. At World Golfer is the Twitter handle. Jay, I'm praying to God I'm on the West Coast next year covering some golf for PGA Tour, and I really hope we get to see each other in person. Appreciate your time, and congratulations on a really fun list and a great resource that you guys have put together. 
Yeah, thank you for having me on. This is a great opportunity. And I always tell, uh, you know, my friends, I grew up in, in a small town in Michigan, right across from the Canadian border. So I have a little bit of Canadian blood in my in my heart. Thanks, Jay. Take care. Always oh, great to hear from Jason. That's a very cool list. Top 100 destinations. Bob, you know, I was thinking uh, when I was speaking to Jay and, you know, we've done a couple of lists on Golf Talk Canada over the years. And anytime you create a list, you got people that, you know, oh, you don't know this or you guys are clueless or what about this? I was curious when you were compiling the top 100 back in the day. Uh, what do you have any memories of an email or a story or anything of people you must have dealt with a ton out of the gates on that list of just people upset about their course not making it like I mean you must you must have spent most of your time going through angry emails there was a lot of uh, a lot of them for sure and I would say we sort of came to the idea very quickly there or the notion very quickly that if people weren't upset with the list then we'd done something wrong because you know you, you can't, I mean, I always used, used the line that it's easier for someone, it's easier to tell someone that their spouse is ugly than that their golf course isn't in the top 100. You know, it's almost, <laughs> it's almost that, that way to do it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it, it's, it's a, it's always going to be controversial, but it, the, the whole purpose of it is to get people talking, get people chatting. I would say that the only thing missing from Jason's list is I would like to know what is the top golf destination where you can't play golf right now? Do you think that would be? Oh, it's got to be Southern Ontario. <laughs> would be one just, that would stand out. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, we must lead the way in that uh, part of the of the list. Really, you know, just teasing golf. We're the number one destination in the world to just tease the suggestion of golf. So, yeah, on exactly. the other but I think, side, yeah, I, did, I, Bob, I will say. Oh, oh, okay, go ahead. I was just, I was yeah, just no, no, going to say one go ahead, quick Bob. thing is. The one thing that he did hit on, which I always get when, and I'm sure you do too, when you're traveling in the states, is Canada is the most underrated international mm -hmm. golf destination that I that I know of. People from outside of Canada don't know how good the golf is here. 100%. And I do think certain uh, places like Cabot is going to fix that over time and do great things for all other parts of the country and the destination uh, as well. But you know what? We have to allow the sport in order for that to happen. Just, just throwing that out there. That's all. Just has to, you know. All right. Having the best restaurants in the world with those clothes don't help, help if you're a foodie, if you get what I mean, Bob. On the other side, Corey Connors. Bob sat down with him. Went deep about PGA Championship, his season. We'll hear from Corey next. He's one of three Canadians in the field at Keough Island. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to GTC. Corey Connors is the 39th ranked player in the official World Golf Ranking. He is 22nd in the FedEx Cup. He came close at the Arnold Palmer with a third, close at the RBC with a T4, sniffed it at the Masters, sniffed it at the Players' Championship. It just seems, Bob, that it's a matter of time. You had a chance to speak with him. Before we get to the in interview, what would you describe right now, Bob, as energy? You've had a chance to speak to Corey a couple of times in the last month or so. Uh, in your words or in your feelings when you talk to him, what's his demeanor like at the moment? Is he 
is he juiced? Is he pumped because he thinks that win's inevitable as is coming? Or is he a little down that it hasn't happened? No, I think he's, uh, you know, he's a kind of a calm guy to begin with. He's not a really outwardly, hugely emotional kind of guy. And I find when I talk to him, he's, he's very thoughtful about what's going on. He's very kind of aware of where he is in terms of his golf talent and his abilities. And I think he's, he kind of understands what's going on, that he is still learning. And we kind of forget that, you know, 2018 I th- was really his first year on the PGA Tour. So he's still a pretty young guy in terms of getting his, uh, his feet wet. This is his 10th major championship. That's not a that's not a lot by, by any means. So, uh, but I think he's uh, I think he's riding a good wave of confidence. It's interesting. He and uh, Mackenzie Hughes are, are going to share a place this week, the old uh, Kent State uh, tag team there. So they're going to have a uh, a laugh down and uh, as well as as playing some golf. So maybe they'll feed off each other as well. One of three Canadians in the field this week, PGA Championship, Kiowa Island. Bob had a chance to speak with Corey in regards to the major championship. There was some Olympic talk and the season that has been for Corey Connors. Corey Connors is preparing for the year's men's second major championship with the PGA. And uh, Corey, I guess um, to start with, this has been just a wonderful year for you. Uh, your last, you've missed, missed one cut in your last 18 starts. You've had a bunch of top tens. Uh, you're really capturing the attention i think of not only canadian golf fans but golf fans everywhere um how do you feel about your season yeah obviously you feel pretty good about it there's been uh, a number of really good moments um had yeah, a lot of solid finishes played a lot of solid golf felt like i've been improving my game continuously um over the past little while and um things are kind of you know, shaping up together and um, been working really hard. And it's nice to see uh, some of that work paying off with good results on the course. We've talked a lot about how you improved your putting and you're up, I think, almost 100 spots in the strokes gain putting category. But is there more to the reason of why you're playing such uh, such improved golf this season? Yeah, I, I think I'm, you know, feel better, a little more confident with every part of my game, um, particularly the putting, like like you mentioned, has been a, a big improvement seen a lot more consistency with that part of my game, but um, you know, I feel like I'm driving it better and, and hitting it better than I have in the past as well. So kind of a nice combination when, uh, you know, doing everything, you know, feel like I'm doing everything quite well. All right. Uh, let's, let's move ahead to major championship golf. You were uh, put yourself in the hunt at the last major at the masters, maybe a little stumble on the start of your final round on Sunday, being in the championship. What did you learn from, Sunday at the masters that you can take forward with you to the PGA championship. Yeah, definitely learned a lot. You know, I was proud of how I battled back on the second nine uh, at Augusta on Sunday, but um, it, it's important to, you know, not lose focus and be, be ready to go from the get go. Like, like you said, I had a you know, disappointing start, uh, made a few bogeys kind of in the middle of the first nine and um, yeah, just got to, try and make sure, you know, I'm, I'm real solid from the get go. Uh, can't, uh, really let your guard down or, or lose focus for, for any moment, or you're going to pay the price. So I think you know, that was a, a good learning thing. It was a good thing to experience. And, um, you know, as, as much as I don't want to have those moments, uh, I, you know, can draw on the experience of battling back really well from, you know, being a, a few over par and, and getting it back, uh, towards the end. This this PGA Championship is really just your tenth major, and you're including your amateur major. But I mean, it seems that you're growing more comfortable with with every time you step it up, whether it's the U.S. Open, the PGA, the or the other 
any of the four major championships. Is that correct? Is that a good read? Do you feel comfortable now in those events? Yeah, I definitely think so. I've always liked my game on sort of difficult golf courses and typically the major championships are, are on some challenging venues. So um, definitely feel more comfortable. You know, I'm not, not intimidated by, by anything and uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. We're biggest tournaments in the world. We're lucky to be playing and um, it's, it's a lot of fun to be out there and, you know, really embrace the experience as much um, as I can and just, uh, yeah, try and play solid golf, but definitely feel more comfortable. And I definitely, uh, you know, think your focus gets heightened and you, you just step things up uh, in the big moments. And I've, you know, been, been able to do that pretty well and hopefully can uh, continue uh, this coming week. The PGA championship is the one of the four majors that doesn't really have a sort of defined setup or a character of it. What do you know about Kiowa Island and what are you expecting? Yeah, I, um, I've never played the golf course, so I'm you know, really excited to get there. I remember watching, uh, I think in 2012 when Rory, you know, blew away the field, um, uh, looks like a beautiful place kind of along the water, uh, just a magical setting. I know the golf course is really long, um, but I'm anticipating it to be playing pretty fast. I think, you know, it's been warm there. They've had warm weather, so I'm expecting it to kind of be a little, little drier and hopefully uh, the ball runs and it plays firm and fast, but I, I know there's uh, a lot of length to it and uh, it's very exposed. If the wind happens to kick up, um, it's going to be very challenging out there, but um, you know, really looking forward to playing. Uh, it's you know, going to be a fun test. What, what does Corey Connors have to do to play well there? What do you need from your game specifically? Do you think uh, to play well at Q Island? I think I just need to, you know, manage my game. Well, I can rely on, you know, good driving and good, uh, ball striking. Um, but I think just, yeah, just staying focused, sticking to my game plan and, uh, you know, hopefully getting the ball up and down. And when I get into trouble, that'll be a big key for me. If I can make those par savers to keep momentum going in the round, uh, when I've been able to do that, you know, I've had uh, good finishes. Is there, is there, uh, is it fun to go into these events now? Is this where you want to be? Is this where you want your game to be with the, the best players in the world going head to head, whatever the, the tournament might be? Yeah, no doubt. It's, you know, really exciting. You know, can't wait to, to get there. It's yeah, it's going to be a great test. Like you said, playing against the best players in the world, testing my game um, on, you know, presumably uh, tricky conditions uh, and tricky golf course. It'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, something that I'm very much looking forward to. How's the atmosphere been now? And will you expect, obviously, like at Kiowa with fans back? Does it make a difference for you and how you play? Yeah, I've, I've certainly enjoyed having them back. There's been a growing number of fans at the tournaments over the, the last little while. And I'm expecting there to be quite a few uh, out there at Kiowa. It's been fun to have them back to kind of feel the support that they um, give you, you know, it feels better when you hit a good shot, uh, to, to get some cheers than, than have nothing. So, uh, that kind of pumps me up and I feel like it heightens my focus. So definitely, um, you know, something that I missed when, when they, we didn't have them. So it's been great to have them back. And I feel like, uh, they kind of help, you know, drive me along. You you've moved yourself into the position of, of the top Canadian on the world ranking. You've been there for a little bit. You've been the guy who's been at the forefront with the most chances, to, uh, to be in contention coming down the stretch. Do you feel that 
now as well? Do you feel that you are the top Canadian out there on the PGA tour? Uh, I, I guess so. And, you know, looking, um, I like to remain humble, but the, uh, you know, the, the results I've had recently, you know, have been great for me and it's been fun to be in the mix. Um, I still have great friends with all the other Canadians. We play a lot of practice rounds together and whatnot. And, um, you know, any of them can have a, a great week at any time, but, um, it's, it's nice to be the top Canadian and, you know, I am really excited to, you know, continue climbing up the world rankings. I feel like there's still improvements I can make in my game. I can clean things up a little bit and, uh, you know, definitely keep working myself higher and get to uh, near the top. You're the only one with the Tim Hortons donut named after you though. So that should put you maybe just a little bit ahead of the other guy, uh, other guys out there. And just finally, before we go, looking through the rest of the summer, you've got a lot of big tournaments, including the Olympics, uh, where are you with, with thinking about Tokyo and, and how that's, uh, might change your summer, might change your life. actually. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's been on my mind for the last year really, but you know, more frequently as of late, um, coming down the stretch with the qualifications, I'm in a great spot to qualify for the team. Uh, I'm really just focusing on playing good golf and hopefully, uh, that'll take care of itself, but um, it'd be really exciting to play in the Olympics, really a, a dream come true, a unique experience that I never thought as a kid that I would ever get. And um, yeah, I'm going to keep battling the next few weeks and try and uh, make sure I earn my spot there. But it'll be a lot of fun, something that I'm very much looking forward to and I think will be a really cool experience. Started to kind of get some info on uh, what it's going to be like and, um, you know, feeling uh, a lot closer, uh, feeling close. So I'm uh, definitely excited about it. Any, any nerves about it with knowing what's going on with COVID and things like that? Are you going to put your trust in the officials? Yeah. I, you know, learning from what the PGA tour has done for us, I uh, have a lot of trust in the officials. I know they're you know speaking with the right professionals and they're doing everything they can to provide a safe atmosphere for, um, you know, us and all athletes to uh, compete safely. So uh, I've got a lot of trust in that. You know, I'm sure they're they're speaking with some, you know, well-qualified experts on the matter, and uh, they'll take uh, good care of us, and it'll be a very safe atmosphere. All right. Well, good luck at uh, QI Island and the PGA Championship, Corey. Thanks very much. Good luck to Corey Connors playing in his 10th career major as Bob outlined his first time playing the ocean course at Keough Island. It's a real treat. It's a real highlight when the PGA gets to the ocean course. On the other side, we're going to open up the phone lines. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Giving away a $100 gift card to Mr. Butcher. Adam Scully going to join the show. We're going to set up Hour 2, preview t uh, Golf Talk Canada television this week. Also, PGA Championship, TSN, CTV, your home for all championship major golf, including the PGA. That gets going this week as well. We'll do it all on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Speaking of Myrtle Beach, 
the second Can-Am Cup that was supposed to happen, obviously, last year. Uh, we are doing it again this year in November, and registration is going to open, I believe, in June. Now, I, I, I'm waiting on the details from Golf Ontario and Golf Myrtle Beach, but I believe the details are they're going to invite everyone who was uh, in the previous Can-Am Cup uh, and give them first dibs at registration, and then from there, uh, they will open it up. I, so uh, forgive me if it's already full, which is my guess because it was uh, such a popular event. I think people are chomping at the bit to get back to normal. And as we all know, the world is getting ready to reopen and we will be dealing with a vaccinated country in the fall as well. And uh, if you read the papers and you read the news, our prime minister and uh, President Biden have actually formally started discussions on how to reopen our land border. Uh, Those discussions started last week. So I am... Very, very confident in the 2021 Can-Am Cup returning in November. Very excited about that. Okay, now speaking of South Carolina and speaking of major championships, the PGA Championship is this week, Kiowa Island, 870-1050, 870-1050 for our listeners in the greater Toronto area. Corey Connors is a Canadian in the field this week. We want to know how many Canadians... How many Canadians are in the field this week at the PGA Championship for a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card? That's a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card, 870-1050. How many Canadians are in the field this week at the PGA Championship? First correct caller at 870-1050 to tell us how many Canadians are in the field this week for the PGA Championship will win a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card. And the winner will go into a draw for the grand prize at the end of the summer, a barbecue for you and nine of your best friends with our friends at Sandbagger. We will do it later on this year. And again, our Sandbagger friends are back. Uh, or I should say back. They are into LCBO stores. So you'll be able to get them at your uh, favorite golf course this summer. But until then, available at the LCBO. Okay, Skulls. Welcome to the show, brother. What's going on? Where are we on 20 Weeks of TaylorMade? I know we're going to do a lot of PGA coming up next. I know we're going to do draw coming up next, all that kind of stuff, our, our draft, etc. But uh, where are we on 20 Weeks of TaylorMade? Well, I'm not going to reveal what we're giving away starting on Wednesday because it is a juicy prize. That's what I'll say about Ooh. that. But we are just hours away from giving away two Sim 2 tie fairway medals of course mark all you have to do to be a part of the draw follow golf talk canada follow TaylorMade canada twitter and instagram and you're in a draw fall and tag your golfing buddies we've seen some great uh, traction on our social media channels giving away a lot of great prizes thus far and we'll be announcing our winner a little later this afternoon now i will say this i believe that this is the best fairway wood they have ever made as a company uh, now, I got to be transparent. Uh, I am getting that information, hitting it 15 feet into a net. So take it, take it for what it's worth. But I feel already just 15 feet into the net. I'm hitting off a bald mat in my yard, and I got a 13 degree uh, tie uh, sim two tie fairway, 13 degree. Bob, it's hitting a part of the net that like a five wood would hit or a seven wood would hit, and it's 13 degrees off a bald mat. So I'm already very excited about the prospects of getting this club outside. Have you hit this yet at all? Like other than when we were up there, like what have you been doing physically to get ready for this looming golf season, Bob? 
<laughs> I just had this vision in my head of uh, of a new of a new uh, ad for TaylorMade. They can say the best the best fairways to hit off bald mats, but um, <laughs> with your face and follow through on it. But it's, uh, no, I haven't. You know what? I actually went downstairs into the basement and I looked at all my the new gear and I said. Should I unwrap it? And I said, no, I'm going to wait. So we had to wait wait for a little bit longer. But um, no, I listen, there's there's so much science behind these this equipment, so much uh, R&D. And, you know, when you go when we go down to Carlsbad or in the last year when we've been doing it over Zoom, when you talk to the guys who are responsible for it, a lot of times that just kind of gets into my head and starts spinning around. And I don't really understand a lot of or all of the stuff, but when you do get it out on the golf course, that's what I like. And that's why I think it's, you know, people don't really have to know all the kind of, you know, COR and all the different numbers and stuff. If you don't want right. to, if you want to do that, you know, and there are gearheads out there who do it, just hit the stuff, man. It just, it just works. That's all I can tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like you, like I'm a, I'm a gearhead, but you're right. For most people, you don't have to be a gearhead. For most people, it, it doesn't translate until they get it outside. And, and that's what I mean. Like, you get outside, like for me, just to talk about it from my own perspective, I'll get out there with a 13 degree three wood and be able to hit it at the same trajectory as a 15 or 16 degree three wood because of the extra weight at the bottom, which means I can now hit a 13 degree further and higher off the deck. So that's what that means. So all that, all that tech and all that stuff that you know we talk about on the air, that's what it means. Though when you hit one, and you go, "Wow, that's actually gonna, that might actually change my game," and that's cool. All right, Skulls, TSN, CTV, obviously the home for all the majors, all the golf. Uh, what do we got this week? What's the schedule looking like? Our schedule is nonstop. I've been going through our, all of our all the website right now, <laughs> trying to find everything, and we're, we're on nonstop. So first of all, Golf Talk Canada, our hour-long PGA Championship preview show on Wednesday. Get the PBR ready. TSN 4 and 5, 1 p.m. TSN 1 and 3, 3 p.m. TSN 2, 5 p.m. And then to actually watch coverage of the PGA Championship on Thursday, settle in on your couch, get the coffee ready, get the lunch ready, get order some Mr. Butcher. We are TSN 3, 4, and 5 from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. 12 straight hours of coverage on Thursday. On Friday, 12 hours as well, TSN 4 and 5. And then on Saturday, TSN 4 from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., we're not golfing here in Ontario, so settle in. Watch the golf. Maybe get the outdoor <laughs> setup ready. TSN 5, you can watch us from 3 p.m. till 7 uh, for third-round coverage of the PGA Championship. And then on Sunday, again, 11 hours on TSN 4, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. And TSN 1, 3.30 p.m. to see what happens. Who's going to win the Wanamaker Trophy? I think that uh, the three of us should have a side bet on who can get the most bed sores at the end of the week for not moving (laughs) on our butt and just watching golf. And I love that outdoor setup. You know, I'm going to do that because, you know, we got the – the bell uh, boxes that are wireless, mm. so you just pull it or up, pull her out of the wall. Make sure you got strong uh, signal wherever you're going, and uh, set up. I love that you set up the outdoor TV, you set up the cooler, uh, you drink your depression away, and you watch golf. So that's uh, <laughs> not that I would ever advise anybody to over have any excess over alcohol. I'm just telling you what I'm personally <laughs> choosing to do. Not advising isn't it, isn't you to do that. 
Isn't it weird how, uh, generally speaking, we watch the Masters as we get ready for the start of the golf season? This year, we're going to be watching the PGA and getting ready for the start of the golf season. Uh, quickly, guys, before we go to break, uh, because on the other side, we're going to go hard PGA uh, for a lot of the rest of the way, starting with our draft in segment uh, five and six. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Todd Kierstead, our friend Todd Kierstead, that does a lot for the disability golf community. And I'm going to talk to Todd this week, and he's going to be on the radio show and the TV show in the next coming weeks. Todd launched today was the, the launch of paragolfcanada.com. Paragolfcanada.com, a groundbreaking initiative to create a pathway for Canadians of all abilities to advance in golf. We've done a lot of great things for the disability community in the last decade in, in, in the country for golf. Uh, we have an Ontario Disability Championship, Special Olympics golf. Like There is a ton that we have done. This is the next step. This is funneling these athletes into the proper categories, creating uh, golf handicaps in, in categories so that everyone can actually compete in a fair environment, educational programs, development programs, tournament schedules. This is the next step. So well done to Todd. We've got a lot of friends of ours in Golf Talk Canada associated with this launch in this program. We'll get into more of it. But if you want to jump in and have a look, it's paragolfcanada.com. It launched today, and we'll look forward to having Todd on the show. On the other side, who do we like? Who are we picking? I've been screaming Victor Hovland for probably four or five weeks. Will anyone jump on the Victor Hovland bandwagon with me, or I'll be solo riding to the ocean course at Keough Island. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Oh, welcome back. Hour two, Golf Talk Canada. We're going to make a, a deep dive now into PGA because we're going to start our PGA Championship draft, Ocean Course, Keough Island. Will paper technically as the longest golf course in major championship history. It will play firm, fast, and dry. The weather is perfect. So very similar to what we saw at Aaron Hills, which was previously the longest major championship in history back in 2017. This golf course roughly 100 and yard, 130 yards further than that. But again, dry, firm, fast. However, you know, you're going to get a steady 15 to 20 mile per hour wind most of the day. It can't gust more than that. Uh, a lot of that is crosswind. Uh, that Bob outlined as well, and, and it is. It is very. It's a confusing routing, even though it is very linksy. It is a confusing routing because even though you are oceanside, on occasion you lose track of the ocean here. You know, you know where it is, but you don't see it. It's not like Pebble, where it's like, oh, there it is. Um, 
experience might mean something, except really how many players in this field, guys, were even around or relevant back in 2012. This is not a golf course it's like we've seen for quite a long time. So we kind of throw that one out there. Um, we're going to start with a round of an American, a European, and an international player for our draft. Adam, we will start with you. Who is your American and why? Okay, so you mentioned this is the longest course in major championship history. So why not pick the longest player on the PGA Tour? And for me, Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> I, you know what? It, there's no mind games this time around. He's not doing the seven protein shakes. He's not fluctuating his weight up and down. He's not trying a 48-inch driver. He's coming in with good form. Seems to be in a better place mentally. Plus, as well, a couple weeks ago, he was quoted as saying he plays his best golf when he's in his third or fourth tournament in a row on the PGA Tour, playing his third or fourth week in a row. This is his third week in a row right now at Kiowa Island. That's why I like Bryson DeChambeau this week. Going with Bryson DeChambeau, going with the long ball. Everybody get, digs the long ball, Bob. Do you dig the long ball at <laughs> Kiowa Island? You know, I was tempted to take just, uh, Dustin Johnson because he's got a, a long ball. He's a big hitter, obviously, but I'm still not concerned. I'm, I'm a little concerned because he hasn't really shown any kind of form uh, or consistent form over the last little while. So I'm going to go with Justin Thomas, who I think just kind of has a way around major championships. And I, I, I mean that, not that he's winning it, but he always seems to be sniffing around. He always seems to be close. Uh, I'm not sure if this course will set up perfectly with him, but I just have a gut feeling that Justin Thomas is ready um, now that everything is behind him before, you know, all the other stuff that he had when he was winning. And I think right now that this is, this is a good, he's in a good spot right now to kind of break through and, and get this second major. All right. We've got Bryson DeChambeau. We've got Justin Thomas, the second best player in the world. Bob was considering the number one player in the world, but he went with number two as his American. And I will go with history. I am suggesting that we might see a career Grand Slam this week at Kiowa Island. Jordan Spieth coming off another good finish, knocking the rust off at the AT&T. Recently, information leaked that he recovered from COVID, has recovered from COVID, played well this week. Sunday got him. The bad weather at the AT&T really got him on Sunday. But Jordan was in the mix again. Another chance to win. It seems, guys, like almost every time Jordan puts the ball on the ground, it's like a top 10 or a top five these days. He's like one of the hottest players on the planet. He's glowing with confidence. And he would join golfing immortality if he were to win this week. He would uh, become uh, just a handful of players to ever win a career Grand Slam. Uh, he would be the sixth. So let's do these off the top of our head. We got Gene Sarazen. We've got Gary Player. We've got Jack Nicholas. We've got... Tiger Woods, and we've got Ben Hogan, and then Jordan Spieth would be six. Who am I missing off the top of my head? Hold on here. Are you Sarazen, uh, Hogan, Player, Tiger. Nicholas, Tiger, Spieth. I got him. You guys just didn't put the fingers up. That's it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm fooling you. I had him. You guys were just You forgot your, your toes here. So, I mean, this is Mount Rushmore, guys. This is... Um, you know, with the exception of having all four on your cab in your cabinet at the same time, like Tiger did, with that type of exception, this to me is golf immortality. This is as big as it gets. Jordan's got a shot. I'm going Jordan Spieth. Okay, European. I'm not going to waste your time because for five weeks I've been picking Victor Hovland to win the PGA Championship. I'm not going to 
sway away from that now. Victor Hovland, number three in the FedEx Cup, number 11 in the official world golf ranking. He's got a win already this year. I mean, he's got a, t- a ton of seconds. He's got thirds. I mean, he doesn't, it's like he never finishes outside the top 20, rarely finishes outside the top 10. Chipping around the greens, you know, has always been his Achilles heel. Uh, this is one of the easiest golf courses in the world to chip. The ball sits up on a tee at Kiowa on the Zoysia. It just sits up perfectly. I think the the easier chipping conditions might help uh, Victor Hovland. I, I'm I'm going with Victor Hovland as my European. Bob, who's your European? Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who has uh, just broken through and got his first win. And I think I think Rory, who's won here before, is going to win here again. And I think this oh. is going to be the mark, the big return of McElroy to major championship uh, winning streak. So uh, I'm going to go with Rory. And uh, I think I think he's now, you know, his driving was a little suspect still when he won a couple of weeks ago. But I still think that uh, I still think that he's got enough confidence in his game. And I think his mind is kind of calmed down now a little bit, which is a big part of, I think, moving forward. Seven years, Bob. Seven years since he's won a major championship. The drought is over at Kiowa. According to Bob. Okay, Adam, you're European. For my European, I decided to go maybe a bit of a dark horse route, some value. Another Irishman, Shane Lowry. Since winning the Open Championship in 2019, he's made all four cuts in major championships. His best finish, T21 at the Masters last month. He has made six straight cuts on the PGA Tour, finished eighth at the Players' Championship. If conditions get tricky, supposed to see some wind and fast and firm conditions, why not Shane Lowry? I, I am shocked by this pick. Uh, our studio audience is <laughs> gasping for air. Uh, yeah. the, the line at the bar just got just tripled in size. People rushing for drinks to make sense of Bob. this. Adam, we're, we're Bob and I are very confused. I think actually Bob, I see Bob. He looks like he's sharpening a knife. Bob, put the knife down. It's not that bad of a pick. Adam, what? Where are we going here? Oh yeah, I, you know what? It's, it's all about value picks. You know, guys who are trending in the right direction, and that—that's a bit of a theme as we go forward. You'll hear in, in my okay. my wild card pick is way off the map. I'm gonna tell okay, you. Okay, well gonna we're, not gonna there. There. Oh, we're not gonna get there yet. Okay, we're not gonna get there yet because we still have one more round before we go to break and get on the other side. So international. Now I'm gonna—I t- want to tee this up with you guys. There are some international mm-hmm. players playing well right now. However, looking at the official World Golf Rankings this morning, I was shocked to see how weak that category has fallen, just statistically speaking. Because, you know, I remember waking up, you know, 20 years ago, and the official World Golf Rankings, from an international flag standpoint, was full of Vijay Singh, uh, Ernie Els, uh, Adam Scott. I mean, the international team... That you you know that you would paper for a president's cup was like wow, and then this morning I looked at this and I was like, wow, it's a different kind of wow. Adam, who's your international? So this is a player I've been very high on all season. I I was very keen on him heading into the Masters, and that's Cameron Smith. 
Back-to-back top 10s at the Masters, the last two major championships played. He's made eight straight cuts at major championships. Plus, he has that victory earlier this year at the team event with Mark Leishman. Again, another player who plays well in the wind. Uh, I'm expecting a, a very firm and fast Kiowa Island. Cameron Smith is my international player. Cameron Smith for the international side for Adam Scully. Bob, who's your international? Well, I'm going with a guy who has never won a tournament, but he has come awfully close. In fact, his last start, he was a runner-up at Wells Fargo. And uh, in his last eight starts, he has been inside the top 26 in every one of them, including his last two, which are a fifth and a second. And that is from the beautiful country of Mexico. I'm going with Abraham Anser to get it done here and make his first win a major championship at the PGA. Wow. That's amazing. And, you know, I, I was taking a hard look at Abraham Answer because of what you just outlined. And the reason I went in another direction is because of the last thing you said. I'm like, how often do you make your first career win a major championship on a golf course of this type of difficulty? But that's the only thing that peeled me away from Abraham Answer because I think it's a very solid pick. And we're going to have our first duplicate pick of the draft because I am also going with Cameron Smith. As my international, not only for the reasons that uh, Adam outlined, which are all valid and all the part of the reason why I went with him. I also look at some of the golf courses he's contended on and they're big ballparks that were dry with big bounces around the greens, shaved down areas. We saw him contend at the WGC uh, down at concession. We saw him contend at the Masters. We got a lot of bailout areas, shaved down greens. These are not golf courses with a lot of rough that borders the putting surface, the green complexes. At Kiowa Island, you don't have a lot of rough in the green complexes. You've got these, these areas that fall 10, 20 feet beneath the green, tight lies, tight lies that the ball's teeing up, mind you, again, to Zoysia. But, I mean, it's a similar eyeball test inside 100. Uh, and I like Cameron Smith, so we've got our first duplicate in the round. Okay, guys, this is timing out perfect. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to go past champion and wild card. Adam, who has already gone insane in the draft with Shane Lowry, he's already lost his mind, has teased potentially another insane pick in the wild card. My gut tells me we could hear the name Tiger Woods from Adam Scully. I'm just throwing it out there. We might hear Tiger Woods. We'll find out on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. In the middle of our PGA draft, in the break, I was online here, guys, in the break. I'm trying to find where I can get an outdoor TV. Because the last time I brought a a TV outside, it it lasted for a while. And then at the end of the summer, I guess the sunlight destroys the, uh, the screens on these things. So they make like a specific outdoor model that I'm assuming is UV protected, you know, for not, not, I'm not a doctor or a scientist. Although I am more than our premier, because I can uh, understand when the science table tells me something. I, but with the exception I, of that, I don't know the difference. 
I think you should just put sunscreen on your uh, TV. And just, okay. what, I like that, Bob. Just kind of <laughs> grease it down with sunscreen. Like when we were kids, we played hockey with the iTech visor. We put the shampoo on it, and then it wouldn't fog up. This is kind of like that. I just rub the UV. Yeah. I go to Mrs. Golf Talk Hannah. Can I get a bottle of your uh, Banana Boat sunscreen? I, I need it for this TV screen. Bob told me to wipe it down. So, <laughs> all right. I think I, I ended with myself and Cameron Smith, if I recall correctly. Yes. So I am now past champion category, and I struggled a little with this one, guys, but I immediately went to the number two player in the world. And uh, for the same reason Bob went with him as his American, I'm going with Justin Thomas in the past champion category at Keough Island uh, because if I'm looking at past champions and I'm looking at consistency and a player that would really surprise me to kind of not be in the mix you know, he's not my Jordan Spieth. He's not my Victor Hovland. Like, I, I, I haven't kind of really been hot on him for the last month. But, I mean, if, if Justin Thomas didn't have a solid golf tournament, would we not all be shocked? He seems to be captain consistency in the top five of the world. Bob, I'm going with JT. Yeah, that's a good pick. You know, this is a tough category, I found. Um, when you look at some of the choices that you have, you know, it's, it's like – Brooks Koepka, do you want to risk something with him? Or Jimmy Walker, you know, recently mm -hmm. is 2016. And then you got you go down a little further and, and things start to fall off pretty quickly. Martin Keimer, Y.E. Yang, Padraig Harrington. Vijay Singh pulled out this morning. I was thinking about mm -hmm. him, but he's withdrawn. So uh, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the guy who won last year and call him Morikawa. Now, he has not really played all that great of late. His results have been a little underwhelming. He missed the cut at New Orleans, hasn't played since then. He was seventh at RBC, even tenth at the at the Masters, but not the kind of big push that we saw that we thought we'd see. Um, I think coming off that win at uh, at the Workday one at the concession or whatever it was called, I can't remember the full name of that one. But but yep. the players mediocre, you know, WGC match play mediocre. So I, I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa, but uh, I even I will be surprised if uh, if something magical developments off his equipment. And if we go back to the last major and you remove putting from the equation at Augusta National and take all the other categories into play and you look at Colin Morikawa, you're, you're almost at a, a number where you go, how did this guy not win the golf tournament? His iron play was brilliant. I mean, he was just brilliant. And he was to steal a line from Faraday putting with a live snake for four days. It was pathetic. It, it was it was horrible. So to Bob's point, I, I'm kind of with you on this, Bob. I mean, he's the kind of guy, if he could just be average with the putter, slightly better than average with the putter when it comes to big championships, like he was at the PGA the last time at Harding Park. I mean, uh, I'll be honest, if you put, pick Colin Morikawa for any golf tournament, I don't think it's a bad pick as long as he finds the putter. All right, Skulls. Where are you? Past champions. Well, it's, it's either good minds think alike or Bob and I are just off the, off the cliff here because I'm also on Colin Morikawa as my past champion. And, and the note I made there was just what you guys were talking about. It's all with this putter. You know, he's second in greens and regulation, fourth in birdie average, but 186th in strokes gained putting this season. He's been tinkering with that claw or saw grip, whatever you want to call it. He has a different model in the bag, more of a mallet-style putter for Colin Morikawa. Can he, you know, putt decent enough to be in the mix? We know he'll hit the ball well enough to be somewhere near the top 20, but if he mm -hmm. putts well, that's where he can climb inside a top 10, top 5, and then be in the mix come second nine on Sunday. So we have our second duplicate pick of the draft. We've gone through now four rounds 
and we've only picked the same player twice. That's pretty amazing within the category. That, that's, that's pretty amazing. And there are some massive names, guys, that are left off this draft so far, which we will outline after this last pick. And I'm very interested. This is the most excitement I've had now all day, Bob. The anticipation of waiting for Adam's wild card pick. He teased it off the top after he went completely insane with Shane Lowry. He leapfrogged Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Tommy Fleetwood. These are the names he left off. Sergio Garcia just said, forget it. I'm not interested in those European players. Give me Shane Lowry. What is the wild card pick for Adam Scully? Yeah, so the wild card pick, you know, I could have gone, you know, 150 different directions technically with this. But my wild card pick is Matt Kuchar. Four top 20s in his last five starts. Third place finish at the match play as well. He has missed four straight cuts at major championships. So he hasn't played so well at majors, but playing better, better in form. Does have five top 10s at majors since 2017. I think Matt Kuchar, that consistent game off the tee, starting to putt a little better. I mean, he's arm barring one way or the other, whichever way works for him. I think Matt can be in the mix this week. Bob, this is the week we bet our homes against Adam. So this is the week it, you and I got to talk away from the show and figure out, okay, if we combine our collective assets uh, with both of our families and lay them on the line against the Scully family, this is the week uh, with these it. draft picks. Uh, <laughs> uh, Adam, you either know something the rest of us don't know, maybe. Maybe that's it. So. He pulls some rabbits out of his he pulls some rabbits out of his hat. That's definitely. I mean, it's amazing what uh, what happens, and 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 we've he got does. the video tape to uh, or the audio <laughs> tape to prove it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my my wild card pick. I am going to go. I am going to go with Xander Shoffley, and uh, I like Shoffley. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been hiding in the weeds a little bit. Hasn't played a ton since the Masters, but uh, the, the the thing that stands out about me for with him is is strokes game putting. He's eighth. 0.731 overall second in strokes gain total so he's got that good well-rounded game that you always need at a major championship you know you can't hide anything when you come to a major so i, th- I think he's sort of been silent recently with shoffley i uh, well hard to go against shoffley because all he does is top five at big golf tournaments right typically so uh Hard to argue with that pick. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite way, though, guys, for my final pick with my wild card. And I'm going wild card in the sense of just what have you done for me lately? This is a huge ballpark. Uh, It is going to play fast. But why not go with somebody who just hits it an absolute mile and has been extremely hot? T4, victory, second. Sam Burns will go with my wild card. I'm just saying, yes, he's never won a major. Yes, his major championship experience, extremely limited, but very hot right now. And has had a tremendous season. Like we were saying earlier in the show when we were talking about the AT&T Byron Nelson, with an exception of a hunk of golf in March where I, I believe it was a psychological letdown because he's looking at the Genesis Invitational at Riviera. And Riviera, guys, is you know one of the best golf courses in the world. If you can win at Riviera, you can win anywhere. And he goes at Riviera... And he should, in his mind, he's thinking, should have won that golf tournament. He goes 64-66 and kind of gags it on Saturday with a 74, has a solid Sunday and backdoors a third. He was the guy headed into the weekend at Riviera, and he let it get away. So I think he gets an emotional letdown. 
because he misses his next three cuts. Arnold Palmer, players, Valero, he goes completely in the toilet, uh, is probably not over the loss in Riviera, and then hits a new gear. Let's let that go. RBC T39, Zurich T4, wins Valspar, second last week, quietly could be the hottest player in the world right now. Quietly, mm-hmm. Sam Burns. can be interesting to see. I actually love these picks, guys, because they're so different. They're so all over the place. And I'm curious on the Matt Kuchar pick, because you are right, Adam, with the consistency. What scares me is the major championship stuff. And my question to you is, why do you think that has happened in majors? I have a theory. I have a theory that Matt has done very consistent and very well at courses that would typically set up well for him. And when we're getting to these majors, these ballparks are just getting too big now for Matt. And I'm wondering if that's part of it. Like, I mean, an extra 800 yards is a lot of yardage. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, another thing with with Cooch, as I was alluding to earlier, is his putter. I mean, Mark, you spoke about it uh, on Winners Weird and What uh, just after the Masters, how he was arm-barring on his left, and he went to his right, which we've never seen in the history of time. So I'm looking forward to seeing what game Cooch shows up with uh, this week, he, he's showing more consistent form. Uh, him and Caddy John Wood had that split, and now John Wood's a commentator where Matt Kuchar still obviously is still playing. And maybe is he missing that killer instinct? You remember that 2017 Open Championship when Jordan Spieth took an hour and a half on that par four after hitting it 1,000 yards right yep. and taking that drop where it was only a one-shot swing and easily could have been a two- or three-shot swing easily, and then Spieth flip the switch and, and, you know, the rest is history. So I'm wondering if Cooch doesn't have that killer instinct. He plays well in match play scenarios, whether it's the Ryder Cup, President's Cup, or the WGC match play. So I, I think it's just Cooch's time just to, we've seen other older players do well recently as well. So I, I think Cooch can get in the mix. All right, guys, I got to ask you this question. We're going to go to break in, uh, in just a minute or so. On the other side, we will do winners what? However, world number one, Dustin Johnson, not selected in this draft. World number three, John Rahm, not suggested in this draft. World number eight, Patrick Reed, not drafted here. Out of these players, guys, who are you shocked that we went around the horn for five rounds? There were multiple opportunities to take these players. There were wild cards. There was American, certainly uh, European for the John Rahm portion of this list. What's the name that you're most shocked that was not picked? Adam? I mean, obviously, Dustin Johnson, you know, world number one's up there. But Patrick Reed has played some good golf as well. I was certainly very high on John Rahm heading into the Masters. Obviously, a lot of great things happening for him off the golf course. He played very well on Sunday at Augusta National to sort of backdoor a pretty solid finish. But John Rahm hasn't played that great since the Masters. That's why I didn't pick him. Bob, what do you think? Yeah, same thing with, I mean, Rahm was was the one guy that kind of jumped out, but miscut tied 34 at his last two starts. Dustin Johnson has been uh, mediocre at best. You know, he's missed the cut at the Masters, then tied for third at 13th at Heritage and tied for 48th at Valspar. Now he's got this supposed knee tweak or whatever. We're not really sure if that's just kind of a way to get out of playing for the week. So it might be Patrick Reed. You know, he's probably showing has shown the best form of late. Uh, tied eight, miscut, tied six in his last three starts. So two top tens out of the last three. And um, he might be the he might be the sleeper that we've all missed. You want to know uh, a guy that I would love on my team and somebody that I'm not going to get be able to get on this team today or I'm going to be able to get on uh, our edge picks this week uh, for Golf Talk Canada TV, but somebody I will certainly have some lollies on this week on my own side because of the value play here. I would love to have Billy Horschel right now 
heading into the PGA Championship. He's a winner. He has a penetrating ball flight that can certainly do well in the wind. He has experience as a veteran. You know, he's played well in the playoffs. I think Billy Horschel is a real sleeper this week, and I'm certainly going to put a few lollies on him come Wednesday. So just just wanted to get that out there because I'm with you guys on these names and surprised that DJ and whatnot wasn't picked, but that's a guy I would go. You want value play? That's my value play, I think, for the week. Okay, on the other side, three dub, winners weird and what? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. Congratulations to uh, Trevor Vanderglass. He won our $100 Mr. Butcher gift card giveaway. Trevor knew that there was... Three Canadians in the field at uh, this week's uh, PGA Championship coming up. So, Trevor, congratulations. You get a $100 gift card as you have uh, now uh, in the draw as well for the big barbecue at the end of the year, which is cool. So I'm hoping we're going to talk to Jeff McDonald uh, at some point throughout the summer. If we, if we can organize it with the winner and with the, and with her, Mr. McDonald and our schedule here on TSN 1050, uh, typically, we have a repeat of Golf Talk Canada Radio on our terrestrial signal here at TSN 1050 in Toronto from 7 to 9 p.m. on Monday evenings. If we can organize the big winner and guidelines in the province allow us to do so, we can, uh, we're going to double dip that day and see if we can do a, um, a two live shows on a Monday, our regular time slot from 10 to noon, and then we'll come back at 7 to 9 that night on uh, maybe a remote on location. So we got to talk to Mr. McDonald about that. And again, uh, assuming come the end of August uh, that the, we're in a much better position to be doing these types of things. So uh, obviously it's an assumption, but if we're just being uh, using information of what we're being told, uh, we're likely uh, in that type of scenario by August. Fingers crossed. Okay, it is that time. Winners, weird and what? Three dub this week, guys. T is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Okay, guys, my winner this week comes from the European Tour. Richard Bland wins on the European Tour in a playoff, but that's not the reason why he's my winner. 48 years old from England, 20 years professional career, 478 starts for almost 500 starts never won a golf tournament on the european tour he gets it done a first time winner at the age of 48 bob this is a super cool feel-good story uh i love the fact of all the biggest names on euro euro golf were tweeting out their congratulations to him just how well loved this guy is and if there's a definition of a journeyman 
I mean, this is the guy who's done it, right? So really super. And you could see the emotion in his face after it was over. So you know how much it meant to him. All right, my weird this week, and I'm with you. I love the response response from the uh, veterans. I was reading uh, Sergio tweet and a couple others. That that's super cool. Uh, my weird this week, uh, Adam picked Bryson DeChambeau as his American in our PGA draft. He is the longest player on the PGA tour. I pop in three twenty two. That's what he averages off the tee. Three twenty two. This is just incredible to think that. Oh man, you know, in, in, ten years ago. If you were averaging, you know, 300 yards, you were miles ahead of everybody else. And now 322 averaging, which means he's hitting at 340, 350 often uh, to get to that number. It's insane. But very bizarre number on Bryson DeChambeau. He has the worst efficiency rating on the PGA Tour. What I mean by that is his smash factor is a joke. Now, if you don't know what smash factor is, it's speed divided, it's ball speed divided by club head speed. That's basically the layman's ratio on it. And it's to determine how efficient you are with the speed you have. In other words, can somebody who hits it perfect at 100 miles an hour, and what I mean by perfect is perfect launch condition, perfect spin rate, etc. Somebody doing that at 100 miles an hour versus somebody at 110 who's hitting it on a bad launch angle with bad spin, going to hit it probably a lot shorter than the person 10 miles an hour. Bryson DeChambeau's the only PGA Tour player this year to not hit that magical 1.50 at one point during the entire season. He's sometimes down around 1.43, 1.44. Adam, if he ever figures out how to get efficient with the swing speed he's creating, he's got an extra 10, 15, 20 yards in him if he creates the proper conditions. I was stunned by this. And this leapt out at me because a lot of times people go, Mark, how do you hit it so far? You're giving away, you know, all that weight, all that height, this or that. And the answer for me is very simple. Like my smash factors typically lives at 1.49, 1.50. I'm getting... 100% out of what I get to bring to the table more often than not. Proper launch conditions, proper spin, proper this. It's not through speed. I'm I'm getting my distance through efficiency. Were you shocked by this? Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think, you know, that he's he's losing all this distance or has that much more sort of available or in the tank to him sort of thing. Uh, You know, we saw him win the U.S. Open by six shots. So if he can get this together if you will then you know this pga championship or you know later in the summer u.s open he could defend there or the open championship who knows this could be a huge summer for mr dechambeau wow just amazing to me though that there could be with a few tweaks and a few new learnings and this is certainly a guy that could do it i mean more in the tank with this guy amazing and not by getting bigger or stronger just by getting smarter and hitting it better amazing bob my what this week before i give you the t is What's up with Matt Wolf? It's just a question. What's going on? He withdrew from the PGA Championship this week. No reason given for his withdrawal. This guy almost won the U.S. Open against Bryson DeChambeau. Remember, it was a two-horse race. He is part of that elite crop with Hovland and Morikawa, who are dominating the tour as these young stars. And now, what's happened? We're lost in the wilderness with Matt Wolf. No explanations. Game has completely fallen apart. Uh, confidence down the toilet. We haven't spoken about Matt Wolf in months on this golf show, TV or radio. 
Bob, do you have any clue of what's going on here with Matt Wolf? Not one. Not one. He is, com- he is lost in the wilderness. We don't know if it's physical. We don't know if it's mental. We don't know if it's swing-related. We don't really know much about why he's not playing well, but he is certainly at the bottom of the barrel, and you hope he doesn't sort of just completely fall off. I mean, listen, that's a pretty funky swing to keep together. It looks pretty good when mm-hmm. it's at impact, but there's a lot of moving parts to make that thing work, so it probably doesn't take quite as much to get everything uh, off just to kilter just slightly, right? It makes me wonder, sitting here looking at the three of us who love this game and, and try to do the best we can to our own abilities, when a guy who almost won the U.S. Open a handful of months ago wants to give up the game, what chance do the rest of us have in this game? All right, Bob, <laughs> winner's weird of what? The teaser is yours. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, well, my winner this week, guys, is uh, takes us up to Coquitlam, British Columbia. Michael Kahn, PJ of Canada professional out there. was He's a teacher at uh, Riverway or Riverbend. Uh, which is a facility, you know, good teaching facility out there. But he plays his golf as a member at Meadow Gardens. And he had the magical chance the other day of uh, shooting a sub-60 round. He birdied the 17th hole. He hit the green in two on the par-5 18th hole over water. As he was walking across the bridge that takes you to the green, he thought, man, if I sink this putt, which was for 59, I'm going to jump in the water. (laughs) <laughs> so he stood over this putt. It was about it was about 35 feet. And if you have not seen the video, I mean, I think the entire world has seen it. It's gone pretty well viral. And he starts, he does does the, the, the supercharged Kevin Na. It gets about halfway to the hole. He starts running towards the water. And I contacted him yesterday. I had a little conversation with him yesterday. He said he actually blacked out. He lost control of his body. He said he had to pick a certain <laughs> spot. He had to pick a certain, certain spot where he could jump into the water because the pond there is very shallow in some areas. So he ran to the spot where he was going, and he said the only reason he actually jumped in was when he heard his buddies yell, Yeah, it's in! And he jumped into the pond and celebrated with a 59. Good for him. Oh. And that's something else, Mark. I mean, I can't believe That's a great way to celebrate Bob, a 59. Bob, do you remember when Thomas LeVay won in France and jumped in the pond? I think he broke his leg and had to, like, he, basically his season was over. Do you, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, broke his kneecap, I think. That's right. His kneecap. So, <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, you know, Dottie Pepper to this day says when she won the Nabisco and jumped in Poppy's Pond, which before it was still a hazard then. It wasn't like a little pool like they've got it now. Right, right. Apparently yeah. she, got quite, she got quite sick for, like, a year or two afterwards with some sort of <laughs> stuff she found in there. So you always oh, take your God. life in your pen. But, you know, listen, it was Poppy's Pond at, uh, at the Nabisco. Now at uh, Meadow Gardens, it's Khan's Pond. So good, good there for we Michael Khan to That's do awesome. that. Um, so my weird this week uh, was a, a good, was a, an interesting re- police report from Medicine Hat, Alberta. So apparently earlier in the summer, in, uh, I guess it was actually in April, the uh, Medicine Hat Police Services, a uh, constable, Erica Nijem, was attempting to arrest a 56-year-old man in the early evenings who was connected with a domestic violence investigation. So they saw, spotted this guy outside of a home. When they went to go and try to put him under arrest, the guy took off, and he ran out onto the Medicine Hat Golf and Country Club. And he, sh- police were chasing after him. This guy was running down. Some golfers saw him there. 
they actually had their carts and they kind of herded them like the you know like those dogs that herd the the, the sheep in New Zealand and stuff and they herded <laughs> them into this big forest little area forested area he tripped and fell and that allowed the cops to get on him put him in handcuffs and arrest him so the uh, the three golfers were given cert- certifications for you know helping out the medicine hat police department golfers are always ready adam to help out no matter what the need is right <laughs> well it goes back to what that open championship when peter jacobson made that big tackle when when, when there yes. was uh, someone who was scantily right. clad running onto the green remember that yes we're all always, streaking there, <laughs> there's always a streaker at the open championship i remember they uh, after they caught one the guy they brought him out by the media by the media pool where we were waiting for the winner to come off and the police officer very very strongly said no pictures so we uh, yelled out okay that's fine that's <laughs> no all good uh and my what this week is uh what a what a back and forth with max homa still proving that he is the king mm-hmm. of social media there was a guy by the name of armin abdick who decided he was going to try and get a game with max homa and so he said day one he went on a, a long string of days where he would try and tweet and say day one of tweeting at maxoma 23 to play around the golf with me and maxoma picked up the uh, the ball and ran with it so first is the response to that one day one of tweeting at maxoma 23 to play with around the golf with me maxoma replies day one of me saying i'm busy that day and on and on it went it was quite, it was quite good he said day two uh day, day two of tweeting at max soma to play around with me max soma says i have a prior engagement that day that i just can't get out of thanks for understanding day four well honestly thank you for the invite but i have so many errands to do that day plus i need to eat like three meals i'm going to be slammed so anyway it went back and forth and it was quite funny and again i there's i don't know adam is there anybody better on social media on the pga tour than max soma you know, Max Homa, is, is, he's got to be number one. And then obviously, you know, I spoke with the Joel Damon, Phil Mickelson back and forth last week. Those guys are, are pretty good as well. But Max Homa, I think, takes the cake. We need, we need a Joel Damon, Phil Mickelson, Max Homa roundtable podcast. That's what I want off. to hear. Yeah, I, I <laughs> just right, let Adam. them take on, you know. <laughs> All right, Adam, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. That's what I'm going to do today: hit bombs and attack the pin. Okay, gents, my winner this week uh, hits close to home, and that's Canadian Rebecca Lee Bentham, shooting rounds of 70, 69, finishing third at U.S. Women's Open qualifier at Oakmont to qualify for the U.S. Women's Open. That's coming up uh, June 3rd to 6th at Olympic Club in San Francisco. Mark, I know you've played Olympic Club. I know you mm-hmm. might be caddying for Rebecca. I mean, who knows? Anything can happen now in this day and age. But, I mean, for Rebecca, it's quite a comeback story. We had her on Golf Talk Canada last summer, how she, you know, made the LPGA Tour at a very young age, retired, she was burnt out, and then it's come back, and it's on the comeback trail now. It'll be awesome to see her at Olympic Club. And, Mark, uh, caddy, what, what do you think? Well, so this is where I was saying, so when, when she qualified, I was like, oh, isn't that great for her? And I text you and I said, this will be cool. We got to reach out to her and have her on to, to kind of set up the U.S. Women's Open. And then, you know, I said, I played Olympic and I, I was like 71 or 72 and I was like 69 at TPC Harding Park the day before. And Adam, you sent back, caddy, question mark? <laughs> hey, listen, we don't open golf here in the province of Ontario. Just give me a reason to get over the wall. Okay, I'll go loop. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a great call. I'll reach out to Rebecca right now, and, and we'll get uh, the wheels in motion. I, I think it's a good I'm worried idea. her staff bag, Adam, is going to be bigger than I am, though. That's what I'm worried mm. about. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair point. Very, very fair point. Okay, my weird this week. A bizarre story coming out of uh, the PGA Tour this past week with Scott Stallings, who had nasal surgery uh, mm-hmm. for a devi- uh, deviated uh, septum. Deviated septum. Deviated yeah. septum. Yes, having his tonsils removed and other work on the sinuses and attempts to have a more restful sleep. So he shot 71 in round two. I didn't think he could break 80, but sort of grinded it out. Uh, and then spoke to his caddy, tried some different sinus medication, shot 63 on Saturday, so and then 66 on Sunday. A great finish. So, I mean, trying different meds mid-tournament? Bob, I've never really heard of something like this happen before. <laughs> no, I think most guys are sort of avoiding meds, to be perfectly honest with you when it comes <laughs> to those kind of things. But uh, good for him. Listen, if whatever gets it done, that's what happens. Well, you know what, guys? All joking aside, it could mean absolutely nothing. It would be completely coincidental. But it sounds to me like this is breathe- about breathing, right? It's about, you know, in that part of your, your, your face. So, you know, breathing is connected to a lot of uh, great athletes performing at high levels. So It's also yeah. connected to staying alive. Yeah. That's, true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And before we go to break here quickly, uh, my what what a win for Dickie Pride. First yes. career win on PGA Tour Champions. Monday qualified, went on to win by three. Now the 18th player to win at least once on the PGA Tour, PGA Tour Champions, and Corn Ferry Tour. Special shout out, Canadian Stephen Ames finishing T2. Another great week on PGA Tour Champions. That's a couple of close weeks now for Stephen Ames. Mike Weir with the victory. Really good news for Canada on the Champions Tour. Uh, on the other side, Adam, that's a great segue because we will get you caught up on leaderboards in the world of golf. But before we get there, uh, we have specifically stayed away from the story of what's happening with golf in the province of Ontario today because, A, I find it depressing. I think our listeners are over it. I think people just want to uh, move forward and get on with it and and don't need any more bad news. So we told you last week we're not reporting on this story unless we know something. I'm going to qualify this as know something only because it's a direct quote and it's not a story. So the fact that we have an actual direct quote from a name in the game uh, changes my mind on this. Jeff McDonald just sent us an email uh, Jeff McDonald, our program director here at TSN 1050, biggest uh, Tiger Woods fan in the world, loves the game of golf. Uh, and Jeff just emailed this. This is from uh, Robert uh, Benzie uh, Twitter account. Robert is the uh, Queens Park reporter for the Toronto Star, who is usually the first out with the bearer of bad news and rumors. So take that into account to when you read this as well, because usually it is bad news. Robert is uh, my nickname for him when I read his Twitter feed. This was a quote from Christine Elliott at 11.20 this morning. Christine Elliott, of course, our health minister. It may be June 2nd. It may be before that, as she was questioned about golf, tennis, and other outdoor activities. This is the first time we have heard anything like this out of the mouth of anyone that close to Doug Ford, and especially Christine, Christine Elliott. This is the direct quote. It may be June 2nd. It may be before that. So I will leave you with that. I will not predict. I will not start rumors. That is just a quote we would like to pass along to our audience. On the other side, leaderboard updates from the world of golf. We'll put a bow on it. PGA Week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac. Spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. 
visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Andy Petrillo, Leafs Lunch with Andy Petrillo coming up next on both radio and television. Setting up Thursday, which is going to be the greatest day of sports so far all year. The opening round of the PGA Championship, TSN, CTV, Kiowa Island, and then Leafs Habs playoffs? Leafs Habs? Are you kidding me? This is awesome. This is uh, Celtics uh, Lakers. This is Dodgers Yankees. This is Leafs Habs. This is as good as it gets. Can't wait. I'll be listening to Leafs Lunch to... Uh, I want to get all those little stories, those little uh, nuances as we head into hopefully a leaf sweep. That would be awesome. Uh, Richard Bland gets it done on the European Tour. First win in 478 starts. Uh, well done, Richard Bland. Of course, leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell, number one range finder in all of golf. Of course, you're going to see Bushnell product on display for the first time ever at a major championship this week as range finders being allowed at the PGA Championship for the first time ever in history. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Knoxville Open, Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, Grayson Siggs gets it done by one over Steven Yeager. Steven Yeager was trying to get the Battlefield promotion. Three-time winner, automatic promotion. Uh, ooh, ooh, you got the moves like Jagger. Uh, Dickie Pride <laughs> getting it done. 11 under par, three-shot win over Canadian Steve, Stephen Ames. More great Canadian play on the Champions Tour. We already know Mike Weir won a couple weeks ago. Stephen Ames came close last week. Well done, Stephen Ames. Congratulations, uh, Dickie Pride. And uh, KH Lee, guys, KH Lee at the AT&T. Byron Nelson. Bob, final thought before we quickly go to break. 30 seconds. PGA Championship. What are you expecting? Hard? Easy? What's the score? Winning score? 10, I'm gonna, 11, I'm gonna say the winning. I'm going to say the winning score is it usually is. It's going to be the best course setup of any major, and I'm going to say the winning score is going to be around 15 under par. 15 under. Adam, where are you going? Oh, I was going to say 14, so this is right in the same ballpark. Okay. I'm right with you guys there. I think you guys are right up there. If you, if you gave me a number of uh, 15 under, I would probably take the under. I'm taking it by one or two. But I think Bob's right on. I think you're right there. I think both of you guys are bang on on this one. Okay, guys, we're back. TSN TV, 1 o'clock for Golf Talk Canada Television. 20 Weeks TaylorMade will continue. PGA Preview Show, Eddie Petrillo next, Leafs Lunch. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.